There was a fly. It's a little like beetle. That's huge. It's huge. It's not huge. He's small. He's just lost. Oh. I am the beetle whisperer. Beetle whisperer. Beetle what will you? What will you whisper to him, beetle whisperer? Beetle, do you have anything to share with the podcast? Hey. <laughs> uh, can you guys play some Vampire Weekend? <laughs> no. You had me at Hell no Welcome to You Had Me at Hell No. I'm Mel. I'm Allie. And thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, If it's your first time, we're happy to have you. And if you're back, thank you so much. We really do appreciate y'all who are repeat customers. Also, I realized recently that I unironically say y'all. Yeah. And I'm from the East Coast. I say y'all. But you're from here. You're from Tucson. Yeah. That's okay. I started saying y'all when I became a Latin teacher because I had to explain the difference between you and you. Okay. I. So I just started saying you for singular and y'all for plural, and here we are. Vosotros. That's Spanish. Anyway, this podcast, we watch romance movies. Um, we are watching them to figure out why. Why do we like something that hates us? They truly so do. They're not... The romance genre is really, it's got a strange duality because mm-hmm. on the one hand, it shows us things that we're supposed to want mm-hmm. or things that are supposed to interest us or inspire us when really the whole genre isn't good for women, isn't good for people of color, isn't good for the queer community. And only recently it started to turn around, but barely. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are good ones and it's not the only genre that isn't good. Oh, no, of course it's not the only one. But it is frustrating that this genre, which is... What's frustrating about it is it's the one that's most marketed to those communities. Especially women in those communities. It's like, hey, ladies. And then it shows... We're going to show you all the stuff about you that we fucking hate. Yeah, like, we're just going to show you how we think you should look and the kind of guy that should like you for your body, but not for who you are or any kind of ambition that you have. Mm -hmm. And if you're gay... Forget about it. Forget it. Forget about it. That's accurate. That's forget about it. That's one we're gonna have to use from <sighs> now on. Forget about forget it. Forget about it's it. It's like the sign. There's a sign on the uh, the Belt Parkway going from Brooklyn to Queens to the airport, and it says you're leaving Brooklyn. Forget about it. Oh my god. So they should just change it to forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. I for- I forget about it all the time. <laughs> I'm. I'm queer, by the way. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we and also we aren't people who typically like we aren't drawn to this genre a lot. Melanie, oh no, no, no! What do you like to watch to chill out? To chill out, I watch horror. Mm-hmm. That's my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently for Halloween decided that I was going to rewatch House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, and you know what? It holds up. No. 
What do you like to watch, Allie? I will watch a heist movie to chill out. I was nervous about the election, and I watched Drive. Um, Another movie that I just, I don't get it. Well, also, most of that movie is Ryan Gosling's face, and you are like, no thank you. That I'm very much no thank you. I'm, I'm thank you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Our movie today. Yeah, we should probably, (laughs) we should probably say what movie we watched for for you today uh-huh. on this occasion, Mrs. Winterbottom. Win- no, Winterborn. Mrs. Winterborn. It- I keep calling it Mrs. Winterbottom. Uh-huh. It's just Mrs. Winterborn. Um, yeah, that's before because- we go into it, oh yeah, I we have someone gross. with us, someone who special, isn't as versed in movies as Melanie and I are. Our wonderful sound engineer, Tiffer. Hi, Tiffy. Hello. Hi, Allie. Hi, Mel. Hi. How are you? I am flummoxed by this one i had not heard the title of it Mm -hmm. before and uh, i'm just i'm trying to think of something funny to say (laughs) honey you don't need to it's okay you can just say whatever pops into your heart you give us so much and you're naturally funny and a joy to be around well thank you we all know that but now we're (laughs) expecting you to be funny so if you're not funny we're gonna send you an email later saying what the fuck was that i hate those emails <laughs> we send one every week every, every week. week we go listen you curly haired bitch <laughs> <laughs> listen you motherfucker listen motherfucker it's funny because i'm sitting right here <laughs> and i love your curly hair <laughs> anyway that sounds so weird, <laughs> the way I said that. You guys have been friends for 10 years. It's not weird. I tell you that I love your curly hair. Also, I gas up my friends. Yeah, I you're them. a good hype person. I'm a Pisces. Anyway, now that we've talked about me. <laughs> now that we've talked about you. Do you have a any segment within a segment? About what Mrs. Winterborn could possibly be about. Have you seen it? No, but it sounds like just really overwrought and like melodramatic. Mm-hmm. And I... I Briefly saw the Instagram uh, story mm-hmm. that you shared of it, and where Allie I, was underneath my coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna make an Office reference. I I think it's the movie from the episode <gasps> where it's Jack Black and Cloris Leachman. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a yeah. good guess. That's a great guess. Uh, that's that, actually that's, a very good guess. Yeah. That is actually Mrs. Winterborn. That's wonderful. Guess. Okay. Well, thank you. This has been Tiffer's Pop Culture Osmosis. Bow, 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 bow. All right. Let's get into Mrs. Winterborn. And Tiffer, you <sighs> made the best guess you could have. Yeah. Not what the movie's about. Also, I wish, honestly. I wish that we could get our hands on that movie. I would watch that movie. I'd watch that movie, too. Um, This is a movie that no one asked us to watch. No, and (laughs) the story... The story from it is (laughs) Melanie sent me a message on TikTok. She sent me a TikTok. I saw a TikTok, and I was like, Allie, what movie is this? Because Allie is my movie oracle. I don't know if you guys know this. Mm -hmm. Allie loves film and so she like genuinely gets joy out of learning about film and like actors and things that go into it so i kind of think of you as like my go-to human encyclopedia for film so i sent it to you and i was like ali will know what movie this is well i went because also brendan fraser was in it yes and i uh i screenshot the conversation and he went what movie is this and can we do it for the pod and i looked it up i was like okay brendan i was like it's called i went it's called mrs winterborn and it has 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
Hell yeah. And then I went, also, absolutely, we can watch it for the pod. And I think later I texted you, I was like, we can do whatever we want. It's our podcast. That's true. Um, we, we can do whatever the fuck we at want. At a certain level, we can kind of do it at this point in our podcast thing. But, Until we get sponsored and lose creative control. Yeah. Before we really blow up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's called Mrs. Winterborn. It's from 1996, and it's a Brendan Fraser rom-com um, starring Ricky Lake. It's based on, and I looked this up, it's based on, loosely based on a novel from the 40s called I Married a Dead Man. Whoa, sounds was, like my kind of book. That was made into a movie by with Barbara Stanwyck called No Man of Her Own. And then also in the 70s, it was remade in Hindi called uh, Kati Patang. And then this movie was made in the, in the 90s. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean... Here's the thing. This movie actually delighted the fuck out of me. Here's the thing. This is a movie where it was one of those words like, is this good? I don't I don't know if it's good, but I really enjoyed it. Honestly, it's, me too. <laughs> this film is pure farce. Yeah, and, and I hate farce, but yeah, I had you a good really time. don't enjoy that kind of movie. I don't mind it, but I, I get frustrated any time where the drama and the comedy comes from, oh, we're just not going to say one thing. Because mm-hmm. I, I prefer drama and comedy. I prefer, like, the conflict to come out of, like, genuine moments or, like, not even genuine, like, just earnestness. And, like, also a lot of times drama can come from being honest with each other. Okay, let's say we do tell you this. That leads to a whole other series of events that could possibly happen. I think that's a really solid point. Thank you. And I think it extends, for me at least, further from drama because I think, I mean, this is going to sound stupid because who am I to criticize? Honey. But I think no. that film has become so, movies have become so contrived. And I, we've a talk, lot of things have. We've talked about, but we've talked about this before on the podcast in the way that, like, there's a formula and formulas are successful to a certain degree there's for also, certain reasons. There's also, like, something nice and almost comforting oftentimes about a formula. Knowing what will happen. And yeah. I agree. But I think, and I think maybe, especially for the horror genre as well, mm-hmm. more movies that are becoming successful now are horror films where you can't predict what's happening. Uh-huh. Ones where the conclusion is one you might not think. It doesn't fit the formula. Uh-huh. And I think it's because the formulas are so overused. Uh-huh. And that's why farce really frustrates me too because I just wish that we would get it. Nobody lets anyone talk in this movie. Yeah. It's always someone going, but I, and then, come on, let's go get ice cream. And it's like, what the, that would never happen. No. And, and I sa- guess we should probably talk about yeah. the plot. Oh, actually, you know, now that we're talking about farce, it's reminding me. What? I have some corrections to make on things I've said in past podcasts. What? What the hell? She did not go over this with me. Nope. It's It popped into my head because you know how um, when you have anxiety, you um, listen to <laughs> <can't> things. Relate. <laughs> listen to things over and over again and mm-hmm. scrutinize yourself. Yeah. Um, and uh, I do that with our podcast. Well, I do that with our podcast too. Yeah. And I've been listening to some and I've I made two errors that don't really matter, but for me they do. So first error when we were talking about Menander and Greek comedy. <laughs> oh, God. I said that Menander invented the comedic formula he did not <gasps> aristophanes did in oh, the 5th century bc my god menander 
What? There's... Listen, I have two degrees in this God field. I have it. to do this. I have to do this. I had to hear about Menander, and it wasn't even the right dude. No. Get I don't fucked. know how I can trust you. <laughs> You'll never what? trust again. Okay, sorry. So it was Aristophanes? Yeah. Um, but Menander was a key player in new comedy, which is after Athens kind of fell from prominence uh-huh. in the Aegean. So that's correction number one. Correction number two, I said Napoleon was Sardinian. He was from Corsica. Of Corsica he was. <laughs> yes. I love how I'm like freaking out like nobody and nobody's gonna trust me because I made two mistakes and Allie's like, who cares? I just wanna Mel, did you see the way Allie's eyes lit up when she like Corsica. Yeah. <laughs> she like thought of it. I saw uh, it. The happen. second she thought of the delightful. pun, it was over for both of us. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, thank Melanie. you. Thank you for that shit ass joke, you shit ass. <laughs> Melanie, I love you. I'm very proud. I think we all learned a lot. And I love that for you, like things where you're like, I would go back and correct this. And for me, my correction would be like, I sound insano. I sound wild. I sound like a child. I didn't mean to rhyme. Anyway. You do it all the time. (gasps) Anybody want a peanut? Um, (laughs) So Mrs. Winterbourne. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This movie. Okay. We totally backtracked. We didn't even backtrack. We sidetracked. We need to get. We need to retrack. Speaking of tracks. Okay. So this movie starts. Well, it'll make sense later when we get oh, to the Oh, right, plot. the trains. Yeah. Forgot. Okay. So we watched this movie yesterday. We watched this movie yesterday. Um, okay. So the movie stars Ricky Lake. Of Hairspray fame. Yeah. She played the original Tracy Turnblad. She worked a lot with John Waters. She had her own talk show in the 90s and to the early 2000s. And then she had sort of a reboot of her talk show, I think, in like 2012 or so. Oh, I don't know. She had, uh, but yeah. Um, I love Ricky Lake. Here's the thing. Ricky, is Ricky Lake a great actress? I don't know. I would say that she's, in terms of acting chops, mediocre. Very limited range. She's charming and yeah. friendly. And one of the things that we both appreciated mm. is that she has a nice, normal looking body. She's darling. Like, she just is like a cute person. And she doesn't have that stereotypically Hollywood body. For someone who's famous. And it was really refreshing to see her play a romantic lead. Yeah. And she's very charming. Like, I think maybe John Waters knows how to utilize her a little bit better. uh, Because a lot of his movies have that slightly... um, This is a very different What are you going for here? Well, I was going to say it's like a slightly like almost off or eerie or campy... um, Babe. There's a movie where Divine eats dog shit trying to be the dirtiest, Advocate filthiest terrorism. person in the world. Kill everyone now. <laughs> um, like, one. of course, his movies are a little off. So she's a little maybe more suited to something like that, where that her kind of delivery is, I don't know. 
But Maybe, I like her a lot in this still. Me too. And I think you have an interesting point about mm-hmm. how John Waters knows how to utilize her. Mm-hmm. Also, she was a teenager yeah. during Hairspray. Mm-hmm. And she's an adult in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I really just think her character, Connie, her her character's well, her name is Connie also Doyle. A Right, her character's supposed to be like 18, 19, yeah. maybe barely 20. No, she's supposed to be 18. Well, we don't know how much time elapses after yeah. she leaves her house. But yeah. essentially, I think her character just isn't written well enough for her to have a personality yeah. because they just relied on like, oh, we got Ricky Lake. Yeah, and it's also the movie is written so that she is sort of, um, again, almost a conduit for the audience of like, can you believe this is happening? She's definitely the, the lens that we view the film Yeah, through. but it's to the point where they don't really give her a lot of a character. No. And the movie almost seems to happen around her. And, um, yeah. and it forces her to kind of have this almost Disney Channel delivery of like, you're probably wondering how I got here. And it's like, oh boy. Um, anyway, I mean, we were wondering, but damn. We were. Uh, but so the movie, so her I name guess is we should Connie. actually talk about the movie. Her name is Connie and she leaves home on her 18th birthday. Her mother has died. She never had a good relationship with her dad. And she, she's from Hoboken, New Jersey, which uh-huh. is across the Hudson River. She goes mm-hmm. to the city, mm-hmm. and her first day in the city, she meets this sleazebag motherfucker yeah. named Steve. Yeah, DeCunzo. Yeah, Steve DeCunzo. And I just call him Steve the Cunt because yeah. he's awful. He's awful. He's creep. He was in Gattaca. Gattaca! Gattaca! Sorry. Um, Actually, I'm not sorry. We're not sorry. Um, <laughs> And he's like a creep, but she, he kind of like, She's uh, so naive that yeah. he the, he gets her because he pretends to be a talent scout and he use he uses magic quote unquote to get his business card out from her ear yeah. but he won't tell her what agency it's from because he's a fake. Yeah. They end up being together and living together mm-hmm. and he gets her pregnant mm-hmm. and then throws her out because yeah. he doesn't well, want it. He doesn't, he doesn't want, want anything to do with her. Doesn't want anything to do with the baby. Yeah, he tells her, get rid of it. And she's like, I don't want to get rid of it. And then he accuses her of sleeping around. That scene was so awful. He totally gaslit her. It's really creepy. He's awful. And he throws her out. She has like no money, nothing. Nowhere. She, so she like at one point is in the rain underneath the, she's like a million months pregnant. She's in the rain underneath his window. Like, let me in. And he's like, I don't know you. And he has a different girlfriend now and he throws her a quarter yeah and the girl's like who's that he's like nobody it doesn't matter it doesn't matter and so then she goes to grand central station mm-hmm. somehow manages to get on amtrak yeah they just they do it as like as like oh, she's so naive she's so naive and she, that she can't the, fight against the crowd yeah and she like gets ushered onto this train where she meets brendan fraser yeah a and, nice man with long hair and a quirky vest with big round glasses, and uh-huh. his name is Hugh Winterborn. Yeah. She meets him, and she doesn't really, have a ticket. And yeah. he kind of saves her from getting thrown off. Because she initially runs away from the ticket guy being like, oh, um, my husband must have it. Uh, one sec. And then she bolts, and then the ticket guy catches up with her, and Brendan Fraser, seeing that she's in trouble, is like, oh, um, here, here is my wife and a hero tickets like, very sweetly lets her into his, like, private car. Where his wife, who is also very pregnant, is there. Mm -hmm. Her name is Patricia. Mm -hmm. And so Brendan Fraser's just, like, hanging out, 
on the train doing his thing. And Connie and Patricia, like, have this really wonderful bond because they're like, oh, my God, we're both so pregnant. Yeah. Isn't it weird to be pregnant? But mm-hmm. we're also so excited. And Patricia, like, shares a little bit about her life because she, this is the wildest thing. She's like, God, you're the first, like, You're the first Amer- American I ever met. Yeah. She's like, I've lived in Shanghai my whole life. And it's like, no, why do you sound... Okay, whatever. And the idea is that Patricia is, like, her dad was a banker. Living in, like, Shanghai or Hong her Kong. Mom Some is kind also of international dead. Her whatever. mom is also dead. While she was in Shanghai, met Hugh. They got married. And she's going to meet Hugh's family for the first time in after Boston. they've gotten married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're having, like, they're bonding, they're talking. She At one point, Patricia is, like... They're like, oh, my God, our fingers are so swollen because uh-huh. pregnancy. Patricia takes off her ring, uh-huh. gives it to Connie. Connie tries it on and then can't take it off. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And At which point there's a horrific train wreck. Yes. There's a horrible train wreck. And Connie wakes up in the hospital and is, like, looking at her belly and is like, where's my baby? Where's my baby? And is, like, losing it. There's this very creepy nurse who's like, you're fine. That nurse, like, don't yell. she's not a... Just keeps I, sedating her. In I don't understand way. this character because, no. like, I feel like if you have someone who was that pregnant, uh-huh. who suffered a physical trauma and an emotional trauma of being in a train wreck. And giving and, birth while unconscious, like, under a train. Right. Not realizing their child has been born. If they wake up freaking out, yeah. you kind of just have to let them freak out. Yeah. And, like, adjust to the situation. But instead of doing that... Uh-huh. The nurse immediately sedates her. Yeah, you can't do that. And then and also, they don't listen her to even th- more. Yeah, they don't listen to a thing she says because the whole time she's in the hospital, we learn that Hugh and Patricia died mm-hmm. and their baby also died. Yes. But because she was wearing the ring, they think that she's Patricia and yeah. they think Patricia is Connie. Yeah. So everyone thinks that Connie Doyle is dead mm-hmm. and that she is the widow mm-hmm. of Hugh. Mm-hmm. So. Nobody gives her a chance to explain, and she tries multiple times. Because yeah. it was like, there's been some mistake, and they're like, Mrs. Winterborn, please lie down. And you're like, what the fuck? So she gets a call from Hugh's mother. Played by? Shirley MacLaine. The one and only. Mm-hmm. Shirley! She's so good. She's great in this, and she's like, I'm going to send someone to pick you up. And again, Ricky like is like, there, there's been some mistake. And she's like, no mistake. You're coming to my house. So then they send, like, Paco, who's the butler. Their butler slash whatever they need him for guy. And he takes her to this, like, beautiful mansion where she meets Shirley MacLaine, Uh who is Hugh's mom. Uh And Shirley basically has the intention of giving them both a home. Yeah. And she's like, we were so excited to meet you and like this horrible tragedies happened, but we're family and we're going to get through this together mm-hmm. and we're going to stick with it. And you have us for support, mm-hmm. which is a very lovely thing. Really lovely and very sweet. And she's also like, Oh God, like my grandson and she's lost her son. She's like, Oh, how beautiful. I love this baby. And then we meet Hugh's twin brother, Bill. Yeah. So not only do we get like, Hot hippie Brendan Fraser, but we get like hot angry businessman ba- business Brendan pr- Fraser. Business Fraser. <laughs> he Fraser. has a neck like a tree trunk, Jesus, and I want to put my face on it. Melanie said this to me. I will say he's so hot. We definitely did spend a good portion of the movie just going 
so handsome. He's okay. I, uh, but so handsome. He's, uh, uh, so handsome. Brendan Fraser. That. He's Dan. I love you so much. <laughs> he's the only man that I would leave you for. Oh, yeah. If Brendan Fraser, in his sixties or fifties, however old he is, I don't really fucking know. Right now. He's 50. Great. One, I think. If 50 year old Brendan night. Fraser came to my door and was like, You and me, let's go, I'd be like, Later, Dan. <laughs> and Dan I'm going to live be- my life with George of the Jungle. <laughs> Have fun, you fucking loser. I, it wouldn't be George. Would it? I, Sorry, I would want that for you, honestly. Rick Hannah. from The Mummy. It would be any Brendan Fraser. I think right now it would be like Doom Patrol. I don't yeah. know his name on Doom Patrol. Me neither. Um, but also, like, to be fair, he was hot as fucking Airheads. Oh my god! Melanie and I watched Airheads, and we're like, "Was this movie? Was this movie a good? B is Adam Sandler hot?" That's the most confusing part of the whole movie. Is you're watching he, it, and you're he like, is. "The answer is yes, he is." You're watching it, you're like, "I mean, I knew, like, you know, but did we? But know? you don't know. I'm sorry. Did we know that Opera Man was hot? I don't think so. We knew there was like something to Adam Sandler where you're like, this guy's like cute, but then you watch this movie, and you're like, why? What's happening? We're we are so off topic, but I don't give a fuck because people need to watch Airheads and let us know. And you have a fun new reputation now at Casa Video. Yeah, uh, the girl I, I, and the cashier Casa Video only knows me as the girl who has checked out now like three Brendan Fraser movies. <laughs> well, I mean, at least it's not like the the bearded film bro who shamed me for um, not knowing where to find Bram Stoker's Dracula. God, be nice. I thought it was in the horror section. It's Dracula. Yeah. Who gives a shit about Francis Ford Coppola? I you know do, what? motherfucker. I take that back. That's not true. I care. I care. He's my dad. <laughs> He's not my dad. <laughs> I'm going to tell your dad. <laughs> Please don't tell my dad. <laughs> I'm Please calling him right now. Honestly, he would, beep, love, beep, he would love to hear from you. He loves you. Yeah, I love your dad. Yeah. I'll call him. Truly. Um, When I came out to my dad, I was like, Melanie is not my girlfriend. And I think he almost was disappointed. <laughs> I think that's probably true. If I had been like, Melanie is, I've been dating Melanie, it would have been like, we're so happy. <laughs> That warms my heart that your parents think that highly of they me. They love you. Anyway. Also, um, they would have been like, yeah, you've been dating for the past five years. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so Brendan Fraser walks down. Uh, Ricky Lake, like, freaks out because she didn't know he had a twin. And, and this is where the deception begins. Yeah. Because instantly, Bill knows there's something wrong. Because the first thing he says is, oh, she's not Hughes type because she's not tall and blonde. Yeah. Uh, because Patricia was tall and blonde. Yeah. And he just keeps poking holes in her story. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, Bill, don't be such a dick. She just suffered trauma. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. He's like, we no. don't know this bitch. And, and, she- they're, and they're like, yeah, because we were going to meet her for the first time before mm-hmm. her husband died. Yeah. Dick. Yeah. Um, and, and it's and, also the whole thing is like Hugh was the irresponsible one and he's the responsible one. Yeah, Hugh was the wild child who was just like, I'm never going to go to this board meeting and I'm going to go to China. Bye. Bye. Um, so he's suspicious of her. But and honestly, rightly so. Because so. his initial concern is this person knows my family is wealthy mm-hmm. and they're trying to take advantage of my mother. Yes. Which I think is a legitimate concern. Yeah. But Shirley McLean the whole time is like, your brother is dead. This is all we have left of him. Where this girl has no one, we're going to take care of her. She's Shirley McLean is 
a down girl from the jump. And yeah, yeah. They have like a party. Why were they having a party? Well, it's kind of just like uh, introduce all of our fellow wasps. Oh, it's to... for the christening to the to the baby. Oh, that's right. I forgot that because they're te- they're very waspy, but they're Catholic because they have a the priest that they're like friends with. That comes oh, and dinner. we should probably mention that the opening of the film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is before we even learn anything about Connie, the opening of the <laughs> film is Steve, Connie's baby daddy, dead in a hotel room. Uh-huh. Then it cuts to the cops coming to the church uh-huh. where Shirley MacLaine's standing there with the priest and they go, uh, do you know anything about the murder of Steve, whatever his name Jacunzo. is? And she goes, yeah, I killed him. Yeah. And then we're like, what? what? And then so we the whole Ricky movie, Lark. we are expecting lead up to what motivates Shirley MacLaine to kill Steve. Yes. Uh-huh. Which is like right? a pretty solid opening it's in, fun in my humble opinion it's fun and so um at this christening like at the after party for the christening it's like this big kind of garden party and all the like everyone's in pastel there. skirt suits Earth everyone tones. has blow-dried short hair mm-hmm. um and it's straight and they're all wearing like natural makeup mm-hmm. with like french tip nails and they're super very shitty wa- very, very waspy very shitty to Ricky Lake. They're and, like, and Ricky Lake also, we should say, oh. like, she's shorter. Uh-huh. She's not as thin. Uh-huh. She has this beautiful, uh-huh. long, dark, curly hair. Gorgeous hair. And Jane Krakowski. Jane Krakowski is, is in this, in this movie. movie. <laughs> she plays, I think, one of Hugh's ex-girlfriends. Uh-huh. And she, you know, she looks great because she's Jane Krakowski. Jane Krakowski. But she's basically got, like, mid-90s white power suit. Uh-huh blonde big hair mm-hmm. that's straightened yeah and she just picks on ricky lake yeah for her appearance to the point where we're like are these adults yeah is this the fifth grade yeah also you turned to me and you went is this vaguely anti-semitic oh it's absolutely anti-semitic yeah. all of the people who are at that garden party and this is also coming from my perspective, mm-hmm. so please take this with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But everyone is dressed in muted pastel colors. Mm-hmm. They all look a certain way. And then Ricky Lake is the only one that stands out. She's loud. Mm-hmm. She's opinionated. Mm-hmm. She doesn't understand uh, whatever etiquette there may or may not be. Mm-hmm. And she's got long brown hair. Everyone there is like blonde or like redhead or strawberry blonde. Mm-hmm. And it seemed very anti-Semitic to me. Mm-hmm. Also, Ricky Lake is Jewish. Yeah. She's one of my people. Mm-hmm. So, like, seeing that, I was like, I don't like this. This no. gives me a bad vibe. Yeah. But Shirley MacLaine is, like, loves her. Yeah, and they have, like, a cute moment. Mm-hmm. And then Shirley MacLaine gives her a makeover. We love a makeover. Honestly, the make she looked so cute. But also, like, I kind of didn't appreciate no that they changed her hair because yeah. they basically they give her like a straight bob yeah they give her like a like a chin length blowout i liked i thought it was I cute i thought she looked very cute but i i do kind of wish that they had let her retain some of her identity in her hair yeah because her hair ended up just looking like everyone else's just mm-hmm. dark brown i'm very tired of like a makeover involving like you can't have curly hair yeah, like, like, just let. How about instead? A it happens of ours, in the Princess Diaries yeah. too, and it's just kind of like, 
I mean, I think it's clearly like an anti-Semitic and racist thing as well. Yes. Especially, you know, with everything happening these days, laws California enacted preventing discrimination against natural hair. Oh, I'm glad they finally did yeah, something. You Although cannot it's be, still, uh, it's, the military still has, oh, well, ooh, boy. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> we can, we don't need to talk about the military, but yeah. essentially in California, it's illegal to fire someone over natural hair, Good. which blows my mind that that was even a problem, but also I'm white. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's like a specifically anti-Semitic racist thing mm-hmm. because it's taking away part of your identity with your curly hair. Mm-hmm. Like I have super curly hair and there have been times when I didn't want to have my curly hair and I would straighten it all the time. And it was because I didn't like the way it looked because I didn't have anyone aside from maybe my mom mm-hmm. who had really curly hair that I could look up to in media. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's important that they don't take away identity like that. I, but honestly, like, those are the two big things that really bothered me about this movie because I thought everything else was very sweet and charming. Yeah. Every, other than that, it's, like, very sweet because it's just Shirley MacLaine being like, believe in yourself. We love you. You're a darling. Yeah. And She's so supportive. And then slowly Bill starts to fall for okay. Ricky Lake. This is what was weird. It didn't this really make sense. This is what was weird. This is what was weird because part of it, you're like, oh, Shirley MacLaine's trying to get Bill to be nicer and bond with Ricky Lake because he's been mean to her. And also, to Shirley MacLaine's knowledge, this is the mother of his nephew. However, at a certain point, it seems like Shirley MacLaine's, like, trying to set them up (laughs) as if she wants them to date. Because he's like, she goes, what are you doing for lunch? Well, now you're taking Connie. No, she doesn't know her name is Connie. Patricia. Patricia, yeah. And then and they, they go have on, a like, really a walk love, together. They have, like, a fun day together, and um, they get to know each other. Uh-huh. I agree with you that it's kind of weird. I almost thought of it as more of, like, a narcissistic thing. What? Because his—hear me out. Maybe I watch too much Criminal Minds, but okay. still, hear me out. I thought it may have been borderline narcissistic because he has a twin brother. Okay. And I think that— to my knowledge, when you have a twin who's identical, there's some some different ways that you conceive of your identity. You both feel especially pain at the same time. I mean, sometimes I don't know, but you like see each other's. Sorry, <laughs> when one of you smells something, so does the other. When one of you eats something, the other one shits it out. When one. Of... <laughs> I'm sorry. You were gonna say something. It's okay. I I kind of got the vibe that it was narcissistic because, oh, this person that looks exactly like me has this in their life, and now I'm going to have exactly what they have. But I didn't get that vibe from him. No, because he's Brendan Fraser. Yeah. And he's the kindest man in the world. He, okay, he and Ricky, like, and He can don't... come to my house anytime. <laughs> <laughs> we are a pro-Fraser household. We drink the Fraserade here. We drink the Fraserade. We've been drinking it since we were probably six. We're full Fraser beams over here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Fraser set to stunning. I will. <laughs> I want you to pause the podcast and then play just the chorus of Roar for us. <laughs> just you and your home listening to this. Yeah. And then you can come back. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I will say he and Ricky like don't necessarily have like chemistry but they're both cute it there are times when they do scenes together where it feels like they're kind of almost in different movies where they clearly they clearly have different i don't know 
processes. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. Dragon seems a little more like acty and grounded, and and she seems a little bit more like I'm cute, and she is. Well, I think also that's because her character. She doesn't really have a character. The only things that we really know about her are that she has this big deception that she's pulling off. Uh-huh. She only wants to protect her baby. Uh-huh. And that she is the lens that we see everyone through. Uh-huh. She is the reason we can come to understand this waspy rich family. If we didn't have her, we would see them differently. Yeah. So but I think that that's... I mean, in my opinion, it's because of lazy writing that she yeah. doesn't have that. Because Brendan Fraser's character is relatively fully developed. And also, he's great. Uh, but he could have chemistry with a paper bag. They, okay, anyway, they start to fall in love. <laughs> There's a scene where, like, Paco is drunk. Also, Paco is gay. Fully. And he gets drunk because he wanted to fuck the pool boy. No, the and- pool, I think what the, it's, it's, it's said that I, this is what I think is inferred. He and the pool boy, I think, did have sex, but Scandalo. the pool boy was like, bye. Ugh, and so Paco, his heart is broken and he gets very drunk. And um, Brendan Fraser like takes them and puts him to bed. And Paco is like, tango, we must tango, which this I don't even know bitch. what the fuck. You are drunk, Paco. How fucking dare you? Think about it. You flop around, <laughs> you can't stop laughing, you want everyone else to have a good time. Okay. You are drunk Paco. So I'm a drunk. nice person. That's what I'm saying. Thank Paco's you, great. We do like Paco in this movie. Anyway, he's like, you guys should do the tango. And he's like, dance with her. And so Brendan Fraser dances with her. And this is the scene that was from the TikTok. Yeah, and that Melanie sent me and was like, what is this? We have to watch this. Because in this scene, they're tangoing, but the TikTok of it was when they just full-on, like, mm, make out. They don't, like, it's, here's the thing. It's not like a full-on make out. It's very, like, chaste. They're, no, it's not. They're dancing. He pulls her leg up on him, and they fucking make out on each other. They, they uh, whatever. Okay. It was very sweet. It was very sweet. I didn't think it was sweet. I thought it was pretty sexy. That's because you're in love with Brendan Fraser. I don't deny these ega- these egalitations. <laughs> <laughs> I don't deny these allegations. <laughs> I need more coffee. Well, a You better. <laughs> <laughs> Element of the bury. <laughs> <laughs> this is bullshit. Hey. <laughs> okay, wait, but now I have to tell the story. Okay. This episode is a MESS. <laughs> okay. I'll try to calm down to tell the story. Okay. So, at the beginning of the movie, when everyone dies, Allie just turns to me and holds out her <laughs> no, hand. No, this was later. This was later. Was it? Okay. It was later because it was when Brendan was clearly like he tells Shirley MacLaine. Oh, that's right. It's when that she's he doing likes her, her a lot, and yeah. she's like, "Are you in love with her?" And he's like, "Yeah, I really like her, and it's very sweet. He's very sweet." Okay, fine. and so and she's like, he's like, 
she's my brother's widow. Is that weird? And I was going to make some kind of joke of like, when I die, I need you to marry Right, but I before she could get that out. So we're sitting on the couch. She turns to me, holds out her hand. I hold her hand. She goes, Mel, when I die. And then just fucking ripped one. So it was like, Mel, when I die. And we both laughed so hard that we both almost threw up. Oh my god, it was so fucking I'm funny. Sweating. <laughs> Mel, when I die, it was just like the cutest little fart. If I had planned it, it wouldn't have been that good. Because I remember we had eaten a lot of ice cream. We had. We both had eaten too much. <laughs> And, and the I, laughter just—it was bad. And I could. <laughs> okay. I have to take off my sweater. I might have to take off my sweater. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> We've lost our minds. We're losing we it. We are both beat red right now. <sighs> All right. Oh my god. Brandon already has figured out that she is not. She is someone else. But the reason why, before they fall in love, he was about to tell his mom, like... She's a fraud. She's a fraud. And then they get home, and Charlotte McLean's like, hey, this is my lawyer. I'm gonna, I'm redoing my will so that you are now in it. You and the baby are in it. And she goes, no, don't do that. I don't want you to do that. This, that's not why I came here. No, I don't want that. She, like, refuses the money. And Brendan Fraser's like, oh... She's a good girl. And then and then later falls in love with her. Yeah. So basically yeah. Steve show they're gonna get married. Yeah, he propose it happens very fast. Very quickly. She she tries to leave because she's basically like, This is happening too fast. I'm taking advantage of these people. And so she takes the baby and tries to leave. And then Paco stops her from getting on the train. Ironically, she has no trauma, no trepidation, no doubt whatsoever she about stepping died. foot onto another train. She almost died in a train wreck, but okay. Anyway. But she's about to leave with the baby, and Paco comes, and he's like, listen, like, it doesn't matter who you were. Like, we love you, and yeah. you're a part of this family, yeah. and you're as much a Winterborn as I am, and, and we, we need you to come back because yeah. we love you. So they're going to get married, and then Steve shows up because he heard about it, and he's like, you got to meet me at this like meet me tomorrow at the shitty motel and he starts blackmailing her blackmailing her and threatening her and he's like I'm he's gonna, such a shithead he's awful he like Steve's the worst write, he has her write like a check he has her like, write him a check for 50 grand and then threatens her uh-huh. um, and basically says no one's gonna believe you because you've been scamming this nice family so yeah. the second I blow your cover no one is gonna take you seriously oh, yeah and I now have an interest in my kid's life, uh-huh. even though I wanted nothing to do with the both of you before, uh-huh. because now I see that you're rich and I want to take advantage of that. Yeah. And he's like, we're going to do a thing. I'm going to pretend to kidnap the baby. Whatever. But he's- he shows up at the rehearsal dinner. Yeah. And says all this. Anyway, the next day, so she goes back home and she gets a gun out of the like display case. The night before the wedding. Night before the wedding. And she goes over to his motel and she's like, ready to kill him and then she's like why he's are you already, and he's already, and he's already been shot whoa, whoa whoa twice in the chest twice in the chest she freaks out and then brendan fraser's there 
And she's like, I didn't kill him. Why are you here? He's like, I followed you. And he's like, I didn't kill him. Yeah. Why are you here? And so then she comes clean and he's like, well, I still love you because I love you for who you are, not what your name is. Even though we don't really know. Yeah. We don't really know anything about her or about either of these people. But like, honestly, he looked great in this scene. He was wearing a giant trench coat. Oh my God, a rainbow. And he was so chill about it. He was just like, well, I still love you. And every couple has their secrets. So let's just keep this between you and me. Because if my mom finds out, she'll have a heart attack. Yeah. So the next day, they're going to get married. And the cops show up. At the church. And Shirley MacLaine, we're back at the beginning of the movie where Shirley MacLaine's like, I murdered him. And Brendan and and, um, Ricky Lake find out. And they're like, oh, and so they run up to the cops. They're like, no, I shot him. Everyone is confessing to the murder. And the cops are like. We already have the... No, first the cops are like, oh, you, you killed him? Where was he shot? And, then, and they all give different answers. Yeah. And, and they're, they're like, all how wrong. many times they all give different answers? Yeah. And they're like, we already have the... The uh, killer in custody. In custody. And it's the girlfriend he had earlier in the movie because she is now pregnant and he left her. Yep. The second he knocked up Blondie, uh-huh. who he was cheating on Ricky Lake with, he left her. And so she killed him. Yeah. And... I actually thought the movie had kind of a nice ending. Because Ricky Lake is like, oh, I'm going to hire her a good lawyer. Yeah, because Brendan Fraser's like, oh, do you know her? And even though they didn't, she's like, yeah, I do. Because they have this kinship that I think no one else could understand. Mm -hmm. Because they are united by this shit bag. Yeah. And she's like, I want to hire her the best lawyer. And it's honestly kind of sweet. And Shirley MacLaine, she like fully comes clean to Shirley MacLaine. And Shirley MacLaine's like, yeah, I'm cool. Yeah, she's I like, you. I want more grandkids, so start fucking. Yeah. She she is holding the baby, and she goes, I could stand three or four more of these. And it's, like, very cute. Um, it is. And and that's the movie. And then they, that's the movie. I actually thought this movie was kind of feminist. A little bit, because I, well, I, here's what I liked. I Well, she does say, like, I would like more of these babies that maybe have my gene pool. I did like that she, there's lots of movies where it's like, oh, that turns out the baby... <laughs> is his or like there's lots of things where we try to like retcon the fact that a baby might not be um someone's biological child. biological child <clears throat> and i don't like that and i like i don't either it's I, it's this weird well it's not weird it's it's patriarchy and prioritizing that the man in the family should be able to have biological children and like you know what if you have a family fine if you want bio children fine wonderful but also Families look different, yeah. and you can still have a healthy relationship with your partner if you've had a child with another person. Yeah. That's okay. You can love a child that shares no genetic material with you. Uh, whatsoever. Yeah. And it's, it's um, so that was nice. It Here's was nice thing. to see that Did? every, I felt like everyone in the movie except for Steve was just like a genuinely good person just with someone, good intentions. Someone trying to do their best. And their motivations made sense. Yeah. Look, is this movie good? We couldn't tell you. But did we enjoy it? Yes. I enjoyed the fuck out of this movie. I had a good time. I think this is a good, if you're going to have like a Brendan Fraser marathon, I would put this in the night with like business Brendan or like more serious Brendan where you eventually grow to be more like each movie You shouldn't is a have said lighter. business Brendan. Oh boy. Melanie is all about this. I, okay, this is what I would do. I would start with school ties. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Melanie's literally like blushing. Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't have said business, Brendan. Yeah. 
Okay, you start with... I said what I said. Yeah. I would start with, like, if you're going to have a night, this would be, like, you would start with, like, school ties, which is heavier, but it is still, like, more clean-cut Brendan Fraser. And then go to, like, I think it's called With Honors or something. I can't remember the name of it, but it's Brendan Fraser, Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci? Yeah. Okay. Um, And then go to this. So it gets progressively a little lighter, and but it's still more, like, young, clean-cut Brendan trying to have a... Good time. In like a 90s suit that's somehow too big for him, yet fits him perfectly. Yes. Um, and if you want to have like a goofy Brendan Fraser night, I would go with like an Airheads, a George of the Jungle, a, I the don't mummy. know, maybe like a Dudley Do-Right or something Oh, comparable. I would put the mummy in with those because I think the mummy's I would goofy. go action Brendan for mummy. Mm. Mummy fits anywhere. Well, I think George of the Jungle could count as action Brendan too. It's a little more goofy. Yeah. The point is, we like Brendan Fraser. Melanie, was this movie romantic? I think it was. Weirdly, it was, but I do think that that's just because I was imagining myself as Ricky Lake the whole time. Yeah. Yes. I'll be honest. There's some bias here. We never said that this podcast was unbiased. (laughs) We We are some biased bitches. Buy us a drink and listen to our opinions. Hey, bada bing, bada boom. I'm single. Anyway... Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Allie is single. I don't know why I'm saluting. I don't know Um, why either, but thank you for, thank you. (laughs) It's Veterans Day. (laughs) You're not a veteran. Um, Was it sexy? Yeah, the tango scene. To you. Absolutely. It is offensive to you. I'm going to think about this movie for a long time. You... My boyfriend does not live with me no. in the same state. I'm going to think about this movie for a long time. Yeah. Did you rip it to your computer? No, not yet. Okay. I, I will. I recommend it for you. Ben, um, uh, what's another thing we do? I don't know. I I enjoyed this movie. I would 100% recommend this movie. It's a I fun think it's, one. It's sweet, enjoyable. It's It's farcical, but not stupidly so. Like... It's not in the same way as some of the other movies we've watched that have been farcical. Where it's like, geez, can we move? move? It's it's not one of those. Um, It's cute. It's very 90s. Very. Um, But it has a nice message. And I think. What's the message, Ronnie? I don't know. (laughs) That you too can find love in a horrible mistake. Mm -hmm. I don't Um, know. I'm not a doctor. Don't listen to me. I'm not, not, neither of us are doctors. <laughs> but we are healers. Uh, I'm not. Ooh, girl. I I'm a destroyer. To... Okay. <laughs> Boom. Anyway, anyway. We would recommend this movie. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't. Yeah. Do we want to even try playing Fuck, Mary Kill? Because I feel like it would be Fuck, Mary. Here's the thing. I... Mary Brendan Fraser. Fuck Brendan Fraser. Do not kill Brendan Fraser. Kill Steve. Kill Steve. The movie did it for us. Oh, my God. The movie. The movie did it for us. The movie did it for us. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ah! Ah! (laughs) Anyway.
boy, this has been you had made hell no. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Um, if you have more opinions about Brendan Fraser, if you too drink the Fraser Aid, <laughs> hit us up on social media. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at hellnocast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also send us an email at hellnocast at gmail.com. Let us know if you've watched Doom Patrol and what you think about it. I haven't watched it yet. Me neither. Um, although uh, I don't think I, I don't think it's a good one for me because it involves a lot of body horror and yeah, that ain't my bag. That's something that I would really. Yeah, like. it also has Timothy Dalton. Fuck, who, does it? Yes, I it's love up your alley, honey. It's right up your street. Jesus fucking mm-hmm. titty Christ. Titty Christ. <laughs> I don't know. I've been awake for too long, um, but. If you want to talk to us more about Timothy Dalton or Brendan Fraser, you or can just also... just anything. Just, just, just what's on your mind. Send us an Let email. us know. And uh, go but, to our website, hellnocast.com. Mm-hmm. Leave us a five-star review or a like on Apple Podcasts. We would appreciate it. I just know do it. Maybe it's uncouth to ask for five-star reviews. We, we, as much Babe, as we want to earn we, it. We are worth five stars. But also, if you don't ask, you don't get. If you did not laugh your ass off for this episode then sure don't give us five stars but i, but I guarantee know. you the fart story absolutely made you laugh because <laughs> Allie and I, the three of us lost our minds <laughs> my neck hurts <laughs> <laughs> from laughing no but it already hurt and when i laugh it hurts more oh i'm sorry it's okay what a great way to feel pain though to laugh can i break precedent yes i just i just wanted to add an extra plea at the end in addition to leaving us a review and a like and everything what would be really helpful is like tell your friends about yes. our podcast oh that's right word tell of mouth your friends. word of mouth word of mouth really helps you know why because like we're funny listen we're humble and we're funny no <laughs> we the three of us we got great tits <laughs> two of the three we're of humble. us have honking titties we're humble which two will never tell. <laughs> oh, but never. listen, we we really enjoy doing this. Uh, and it's fun and it's a labor of love. And we hope that you enjoy it. But part of the reason why we're doing it is to get it out there. So yeah. the more you can kind of spread the word and share yeah. us with your friends, we would really appreciate that. Yeah. Because we're just trying to have a creative outlet while also making people that we care about and people that we don't know who we hope to know mm-hmm. as friends of the pod friends to the just pod. have a better time during this shitty year. Yes. And well beyond. Said, Melanie. Thank you. I went to graduate school. Again, <laughs> humble. <laughs> I went to community college after dropping out of uh, university. Um, humble. Humble. <laughs> humble. Humble. Humility. Humility was my pilgrim name. What? Okay. <laughs> I should explain. When I was in third grade, when we were learning about the Mayflower, part of the project was we were to write journals as if we were children on the Mayflower. <laughs> and you picked a name that would have been common in that time. And I saw the name Humility and I went, that's me. Which says a lot about nine-year-old me. Yeah, it really does. Um, I also wrote a story where, like, we were taking care of someone else's baby because our baby died. I was nine. Um, Wow. That's dark. Yeah. When I was nine, I read a book called Three Perfect Pebbles that was historical fiction about a little girl who got sent to 
one of the concentration yes. camps. I've heard about this one. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. don't read it. It is very sad. Oh, what do you mean? The one about a child in the Holocaust isn't a laugh riot? Well, in addition to that, if memory serves, the point of the book is is the girl, she's like, if I find three perfect petals, like God will save me and my family and we won't be murdered by Nazis. And guess what happened? She got murdered by (sighs) Nazis. Jesus. I went to a Jewish day school. We were learning about that stuff pretty early. God. My school was right next to a JCC and we had like multiple bomb threats against the JCC in the school. In the Bay Area. God. Everyone hates us. We do rule the media, though, so. Nazi punks, Listen, the conspiracy is true. We all know each other. We have a secret network controlling the media and the banks and all of your money. Mm -hmm. So fuck you. Yeah. They control fucking everything. Yeah, we do. They control me right now. (laughs) I don't know. What's up? You know what's a fun way to transition is to make it sexy. Um... (laughs) (laughs) If you're ever like, where do we go from here in comedy? Just make it sexy. And yes, and that's what I have to say. So we've been, you had me at hell now. Thank you for listening. We love you. We love and appreciate you. I have been Mel. I've been Allie. Bye. Bye bye. Love you. You Had Me at Hell No was recorded in Scoundrel and Scamp Theater in Tucson, Arizona. And Allie and I just want to thank the theater for allowing us to record there. Special thanks are also in order to Tiffer Hill, our engineer, for putting up with all of our shenanigans and making us sound fabulous. As well as Bella Vanek and Lucille Petty for our theme song. Thank you, Bella and Lucille. Yeah. 